Blog Talk Radio. Also, 
this is going to be a day where we go out and celebrate the repairs of our local Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue. And we'll get into that a little bit later as we progress in the show. We are going to have a slightly abbreviated show today because we actually have an event here in Las Vegas uh, in recognition and in remembrance of Dr. King's assassination, as many of you know, uh, 47 years ago. April 4th, which is today, 47 years ago, was when we when we lost our earthly king, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther, as some people say, the king, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And though as many of you celebrated Good Friday yesterday, as did I, uh, I also couldn't help but think that this was the last, at that time, for yesterday, 47 years ago yesterday, was the last speech Dr. King gave. It was the last time Dr. King had had a public appearance. And it was the last day that many would know, that would go to bed with Dr. King on this earthly plane. So it added a, an extra bit of something, emotion, to thinking about yesterday. Now, I did go out and have my fish yesterday. I had my fish last night. And it just gave me a chance to reflect as I was sitting and eating. At the gathering, it was a chance of reflection. So we're going to talk about that today. And maybe you can tell us, for those who were alive, what your feelings were when you heard of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., uh, what he meant to not only you and us as black people, but really to the country and to the world. Because even though I claim him as my king, he really was a man of the world. And, and even to this day, his legacy is impacting the rest of the world. So the title of our show, once again, is Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Assassination, Remembrance, and also celebrating the repairs of the Dr. King statue here in Las Vegas. A little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. There are so many things that are happening in this country today that were happening in this country 47 years ago. There are so many things that's happening in this country today that we had thought 47 years ago those things have been changed. I grew up in a time of poll tax, and today we hear of voter ID. Now, maybe voter ID wouldn't sound so bad if it wasn't affixed to a lie. And one of the things that Dr. King often talked about in reference to black people was the ugly lie that was being told on us and told to us, and that has continued today. There was voter suppression then, legally, 
and there is a movement for voter suppression today, legally. Many of you remember the images of dogs, water cannons, police batons, brutalizing black people and their supporters over 47 years ago. Well, today, we're seeing the killing of black people, male and female, predominantly male, but male and female with the number of females increasing. And why is, why is it, why do I need to differentiate male and female? In our society, when something was done to the female, it always carried extra weight. Well, shouldn't it carry extra weight when it's done to our black female? Why just lump it all together? We don't do it for anyone else. So, yes, I'm differentiating because it should mean more. Today is a day of reflection. Sometimes as we're moving through society, we're moving forward and we're moving so fast that we sometimes forget what has allowed us to do this moving that we're doing today. Today we're going to reflect on that. We're going to reflect on Dr. King. And I want you to take some serious stock of where you are personally and where we are as a country. And remember the dreamer and the dream, that that dreamer's life was taken from us on this day 47 years ago. As many of you know, on Fridays we have the gathering at the Westside Bistro located at West Lake Mead, and we did it yesterday. And we took time to reflect on it. And as how much have you heard on television, seen in television, or heard on the radio, or if you're into social media? Just kind of curious, how much have you heard about the significance of today. Some of you may have heard about Easter, Good Friday, Resurrection Day, uh, Passover, the new, I'm not sure if it's a TV series or a movie, I think it's called The Bible A.D. A.D., yeah. Um, Angela, how much, outside of us chatting, how much have you heard about this anniversary date? Haven't heard anything. You know, I, I wanted yep. to... Nothing. I, I just want to ask the question, so if you guys have heard anything, 347-826-9600, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Because I, I want you all to think of what Dr. King has accomplished and how many other groups have benefited from what Dr. King, along with others, because he didn't do it by himself. But I want you to think about whatever group that you're in, whether it's unions, sanitation workers, masons, member of, members of the Divine Nine, uh, whether you are minimum wage employees, athletes, entertainers, 
bus riders. I just want you to reflect on what you have today. If you're women, reflect on maybe things aren't the way that they should be, but how much further they are today than they were before Dr. King. Just reflect on it. If you're members of the Latino, Hispanic, and other immigrant communities in America, think about what this country was like before Dr. King and then reflect on what it's like now. Think about what it was like maybe for your great-grandmother in this country compared to what it's like for you now. And though it's not perfect, think about the advances that have been made. Dr. King affected each of those advances. Though it was a movement based off of the black struggle in this country, it is a movement that almost every other marginalized cultural group or group of any type has referenced back to the civil rights era and that movement. That's how much this man has touched so many of us and still touching us today. I had told Angela that one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was a new term. Well, it's not a new term. Maybe a new term in reference to Dr. King that I want to share with you all in a little bit. Angela, you know the tradition of our show has always been to talk about what you had going on this week because you always have stuff going on. Um, so let's not change that tradition. Tell us what some of the things that has been going on in Mrs. Thomas's life. Well, this week was a a, a busy week, a week filled with the theme of family. Um, not only did I cover the Stella Awards weekend, which you know, bled into my week. Um, But at the Stellar Awards, there was the theme of family and uh, and, and the fact that so many artists brought their uh, families. Uh, A lot of people may have observed in social media the big buzz about the the, uh, Stellar Awards was that uh, there was a reunion of Destiny's Child. Uh, Kelly and Beyonce showed up to do a to open the show with a special performance um of uh when Jesus says yes nobody can say no which is a big hit they had in 2014 uh in the gospel world uh, Michelle Wims song but it features Kelly and Beyonce I was one of uh, maybe a handful of reporters there for the uh, closed sound check, and what I um, took away most from that experience was that we were all there with our family. I was there with my daughter. Uh, Kel- uh, Beyonce's daughter was there. Beyonce Stylus was there with with um, his sister. Beyonce's mom was there. Uh, Kelly was there with her family. Um, Michelle's family was there. It, it just the Stella Awards. It's put on by a family, the Johnson family. Uh, 
Don Johnson and his wife and children put the Stellas together. And it was kind of the theme of my week. My sister, uh, my only sister, came to town just for a couple of days, which always, you know, when your family comes to visit you in Vegas, it always throws a little bit of a, a, a of a curve into your your week because you you still have your responsibilities of the week, but now you have a, um, a out of town guest and you have to add that list of uh, details to your list. But uh, I spent a lot of time with my sister uh, this visit, and. In reference to what we're doing today at the MLK statue, what keeps coming back is the King family. The King family lost their leader, their father. And in a week of celebrating King of Kings with the Stella Awards, this Easter uh, Weekend, Passover, Good Friday, all of this family-centric theme, observation and celebration and food and hugs and conversation, it brought me back to the King family. And what a loss that is. Uh, I in in how it tied how it came back for me how it tied back for me. I thought about um, the families that have also experienced the loss of their loved one to violence. It brought it back to that for me. And how it has impacted, how it must be impacting their families. I, I personally have, in in reference to the Mike Brown movement and, you know, uh, the Trayvon movement and just young black men being um, taken too soon. Uh, During the Stellars, we had a media media room where they, you know, which is often the the thing with uh, award shows. You have a media room where talent is brought back and they give their remarks on their experience you know, whether they were presenters or winners or what have you. And there was a group of young young up-and-coming gospel artists. And I don't have all three of their names, but Mr. Reese was the one that resonated with me uh, the most because he looked like all of those young men that are protesting that you may be standing next to holding your purse a little tighter uh, in a public in the public square because you're like I don't know this 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 could be friend but it might be foe let me be careful let me be a little more vigilant and what he said on the podium that brought it back to MLK for me is that I'm taking back me and my peers here this evening are taking back the black male image I don't want to take away from the fact that we are in peril and we are living in serious times right now. Uh, But I also want to draw your attention to the fact that we are young black men. We are college educated. I have a degree, a master's degree in mathematics. 
my partner, my, my, my cohort here has a degree in engineering. My other partner to, you know, to the right of me has a degree in biochemistry. And yes, we look like your sons and daughters. Yes, we don't always make all the right decisions, but I'm taking back our image because people are getting it misunderstood. And he referenced MLK as the only reference that I uh, recall. He referenced that MLK and the civil rights movement was made up of young black men such as himself and his peers. And if MLK was strong enough to lead a people to freedom and to a better place and to um, change policy in the country, and if Jesus, young man, be crucified and bring attention to the problems that were going on in his time and his community, then he could be strong enough to stand in the honesty of his image, the honesty of his image as a black man and as a peer of the black community, then he could be strong enough to stand as well. So as we observe... As we observe MLK's loss and what how it's impacted the world, I draw your attention to bring that focus down to how violence and losing someone to violence, losing a voice to violence is is how it impacts the family and how that family reverberates back into the community and how, as we observe MLK's loss, let's also stand in that image and in that in that loss, in that sorrow, in that grief. Let's stand with that family, the families that are still here, that are still fighting, that are still challenged to understand why they've lost their, their loved one, Let's still stand in that and let's continue to reclaim our image and reclaim our work. We got a lot of work to do. MLK statue here in Las Vegas is chosen work, chosen fruit of our platform. Uh, We're choosing to recognize that we are one city in 25 cities that has a statue. We are one city. We are we're individuals in one city that have an opportunity to reclaim our image, to not be okay with, hey, every MLK across the country is in a bad neighborhood. Maybe it's a bad neighborhood because we're choosing to claim that image. Just as we chose to claim that, we can cha- we can change how we claim it and say, this is my community. I stand with it. I am from it. I'm for it. Let's improve where we can improve. Right now, the MLK statue here in Las Vegas needs us. 
and needs us to stand and plant some fresh flowers, pick up, report to the authorities that there's a towel missing or there's a towel loose. We need to, I'm asking us to, with that young man who, with his master's in, in, in mathematics, he could be anywhere making good money, but he's choosing to use his voice to reclaim the image of young men, of young people, to reclaim the image and reshape the image of loss. We can turn this around. Let's take care of what we need to take care of. Take care of what we have and and let's take care of what we need to take care of. Our statue here in our community needs us, but MLK and his family's Movement forward needs us. Let's continue. You know, Angela, what you said there was very powerful, and it contained a whole lot of things. I remember when we put together, uh, you and I and some others put together one of the Trayvon Martin rallies here in Las Vegas at the in front of the county courthouse. Uh, when it was my turn to speak, I asked them to play uh, a song from Michael Jackson to be my intro song. And, Angie, you know, I'm not musically inclined, so I'm not going to try to do anything that I don't normally do. But the song was, I believe it's called They Don't Care About Us. And uh, as they played the intro, and it has a long intro. It has one of those intros that take you back to the 60s and 70s. But it has a long intro. And I told him to just keep on playing until he got to the lyrics. And, you know, he's talking about they don't care about us. And then when I cue them to fade out the uh, the musics and so I could come on, I said, that's right. They don't care about us. But they will when we care about ourselves. And the same thing that I said then is the same thing that I say today is we have to care about ourselves and we have to care about those things that belong to us. And we have to kind of claim it, you know, hold on to it. And so I talked about the statue. Well, when we did our annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil on the birthday, which I would like to change that to a celebration and put the vigil on April 4th, that seems more fitting. And we're going to do a candlelight vigil today. But when does anyone ever do more for a person than that person is willing to do for themselves? And why would anyone care for us if we don't care for ourselves? Now, this is not to say that we don't. But what happened was when the statue, we found the statue damaged that day on the last candlelight vigil for the birthday. When we started talking about it, a lot of some of the comments were, well, this is sort of representative of the community. In other words, our community is falling apart, and not only aren't authorities taking it serious, but the people in the community 
itself aren't embracing it and taking it serious. And maybe if the people took it more serious, it wouldn't have gotten in this condition, and if it had, it wouldn't stay in this condition. It would be fixed. And they kept at going back again and again. Is this representative of this community? And I, I can't help but ask you, is this representative of us? Do we care? Do we take care of what's ours, including ourselves? As an example, we know that this is, a, as Angela mentioned, this is sort of a family time of year. It's spring. Some children are out for school. And, of course, it's a big holiday, Easter, that many religions celebrate in many different ways. We had Good Friday, Angela mentioned Passover starting. Uh, you know, there's there's other holidays that surround this area. And some people say, well, why would you want to, this isn't Black History Month, so why would you want to do this on this day? And I had to remind them that, well, this really doesn't have anything to do with Black History Month. This was the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we want to recognize that and remember oftentimes we're told our children are the way that they are don't know because we don't tell so this is not an opportunity for us to tell the story and for others in the community to come to the mic and share their stories too and then I thought do we even really give Dr. King the level of gravitas that he should have and the reason why I say that is because of all of what Dr. King had accomplished, who he was to those people back in the 60s, who he is to so many today. And I, I looked up the definition of the word martyr. Excuse my New York accent coming out. Mm-hmm. I try to hide it most of the time. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, water and martyr are a little difficult for me to say. They are as they are. There there you go. Not to focus so, on the are. <laughs> I, I can't help myself. But here it is. But this is something that we can't help ourselves with. Then. Because Dr. King, to a certain extent, if you look up the definition of the word modern, see, I'm still trying, <laughs> you will find that Dr. King fits that definition. And why is why don't we refer to it as that? I mean, isn't that isn't that what he is? Isn't he a martyr? Isn't he someone who sacrificed his life for what he believed in? Isn't he someone who was persecuted for what he believed in? Isn't he someone that was beaten, jailed, falsely accused by the government? All of that is who Dr. King was. So on All of that and so much more. Absolutely. As we observe, uh, um, hands up, don't shoot, and so many other 
things right now that are going on. Um, it's hard to imagine why with what our community, what the black community is going through right now in this time, it's hard to imagine why we're not doing something today. I, I, it's interesting not to, not to have this reference in larger uh, communities and and uh, more contemporary movements that are going on um, in this time is is I think we forget sometimes. We get so, you know, uh, bombarded by information that some really valuable and important historical reference points pass us by. They slip by us. You know, Angela, this is so true. And for those, I know we got some English folks out there, and they say, is he using that word properly? Does that really apply to Dr. King? What? What is Rodney making up today to try to enhance the image of a man who needs no enhancing? No enhancing what I was... by so many's uh, own, so many uh, voice, larger voices. So many believe that Dr. Martin Luther King is the greatest American we've produced. So we, I mean, we can't enhance that. <laughs> So for those people out there who have questions, and it's okay to question, let me see if I can uh, put some context on it. And this is the definition not according to Rodney. Martyr, now, a person who is killed because of their religious or other beliefs. Saints, martyrs, and witnesses to faith. As an example, uh, killed because of their beliefs, and they use a sentence, she was martyred for her faith. Uh, martyr is, comes from the Greek, means witness. Is somebody who suffers persecution. Dr. King suffered persecution. Death, he was assassinated for advocating refusing to renounce and or refusing to advocate on beliefs of cause of either religious or secular nature. So in other words, if Dr. King was a man of the cloth, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and many of his beliefs uh, in for social justice and for civil rights came from his religious beliefs as well as academic education and world study and travel. But it also came because this was just his beliefs. He said these were human rights. We call them civil rights, but they were human rights. And many people to this day still use that for whatever cause they're after. Now, let me go to Marion Webster. Marion Webster says a person who is killed or suffers greatly for a religion or cause, that's a martyr. And then we have another. And this is from the Free Dictionary. I like Free. <laughs> one who chooses, one who chooses, and Dr. King did make a choice. He talked about it in many of his speeches. One who chooses to suffer death 
rather than renounce religious principles, one who makes great sacrifice or suffers much in order to further a belief or cause. Modern. And then finally, from the reference dictionary, dictionary dictionary.com, so you guys can go there and see it for yourself. A person who willingly suffers death rather than renounces his or her religion. A person who is put to death. Assassination. He was assassinated. Or endures great suffering on behalf of any belief, principle, or cause. A, and an example is a martyr to the cause of social justice. Hmm. 347-826-9600. 347-826-9600. And tell me if you think the term martyr, on a day as we're talking about from a religious perspective, the king of kings, martyrdom, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King, martyr. Do we give him the reverence that other groups give their saints and their martyrs? And, Angela, we actually have a call. Very cool. Good good afternoon. Welcome to Our Own Voices Live. This is Angela and Rodney. What do you have for us today? Welcome Hi, to the platform. Angela. We appreciate the call. Hi, Angela and Rodney. This is Amber Allison. Hey, and, Amber. Uh, I Welcome must to say the platform. Thank you. I uh, I knew I needed to call in because I'm usually at church. <laughs> Amen. On Saturday, so this is actually the first time I've been able to catch you. And uh, I just wanted to say I really appreciate the the topic for today. And in response to the question, I absolutely concur that uh, Reverend Martin Luther King was a martyr, you know. And uh, I was thinking about what Angela said a few minutes ago about how um, today we don't you know, march in the numbers we used to or seem to give it that importance. And, you know, I realize it's because we don't have the leaders we used to do, such as Martin Luther King. And because of that, it really irks me when I hear black people in particular speak ill of Reverend Al Sharpton. Because the man, you know, he may not speak that well, he may not be that polished, but he is about the only quote-unquote leader that black people have these days, you know. And so I really hate it when I hear people speak of him because they're, they're talking about how he should just shut up and be quiet, go away, yada, yada, yada. But that man is the only voice a lot of black people have. He can get some stuff done. So I just wanted to put that out there. We don't have MLK anymore, but we still have Reverend Sharpton. He may eventually go down the same way, you know, that Martin did. I hope he doesn't. But at least he's here, and I wish people would stop trying to tear him down, our people because at least he's trying to make stuff happen. Well, thank you so much for your comments. Now, Amber, we're going to have, and I know this is this is a special day for you, but we're going to have a candlelight vigil today in remembrance 
of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I know it's on the day before many people will have their Easter and their Seders and their other events for their religious practices and beliefs. But I really do believe that Dr. King represents the defined dictionary context of modern. And going back to the statue being damaged and people not seemingly paying much attention, again, do we elevate people in the black community who are of significance as other people's do for those of in their community? And should, regardless of whether it is displayed in mass media, popular media, which, as Angela will tell you, is owned by a small group of white men, uh, regardless of what others do, there are things that we should do. And having taken a moment, a moment to remember Dr. King, I believe should be one of those. But what are your thoughts on it then? Well, I think that's a, a great sentiment to have. You know, I, I heard you earlier when you said, somebody said something about it not being uh, Black History Month. I didn't catch your whole show. But, um, you know, I'm like you. It doesn't matter that it's not, quote, unquote, Black History Month. Black people don't just live in this country for, you know, one out of 12 months a year. So I think what you're doing is, is fine. It's great. Well, uh, I appreciate your kind words. And, Amber, we're going to have to get you on, on the show uh, as a guest and also as one of our hosts one of these days. I know your schedule is, is normally full on uh, Saturdays, but really would like to get some more insight from you on some things that you have going on and, and some of your interests out there in the world. All right. Well, maybe one day we can make it happen. But, you know, like I said, normally I'm in church <laughs> At this hour, so but well, we'll see. The, the, the good thing about technology is we can pre-record and bring your session off. See, we we, we have technology. We just have to get, figure <laughs> out how to make it work in our best interest. But Amber, thank you so much for calling into the show, and I hope that you will continue to listen to this show. It is going to be an abbreviated show because we have to go out there for our our ceremony, our remembrance. And before you go, Amber, though, have you heard much on television or any other media that today is a special day? It is April 4th, the 47th anniversary of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Well, uh, excuse me, I haven't, but I haven't turned on my TV either. So, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, have you heard heard anything all week? No, but again, I haven't watched much TV, so but I haven't, you know, heard the times I have passed by TV or whatever. I haven't heard anything about it. No. Mm, okay. Well, again, thank you so much, Amber, for calling in, and I hope that you can uh, listen to the rest of the show and enjoy the rest of your day. You as well. Thanks again for the topic. Oh, you're quite welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amber, thanks for the call.
you know, Angela, I know I've gotten my sales papers from Fry, which I'm very thankful for. And I've gotten my sales papers from the men warehouse. Again, very thankful for it. For Easter. But I haven't heard much about Dr. King. But I'm not whining and I'm not complaining because we're talking about it right now. And Absolutely. I would suggest for others, if we talk about it and it becomes important to us, remember at the beginning of the segment, I talked about our my little speech at Trayvon Martin and the Michael Jackson song, They Don't Care About Us. They don't care about us, but they will when we care about ourselves. And you were mentioning the young man who uh, talked about the image. Well, a very close associate of mine from New York sent me a message the other day. And I'll just use her first name, Amoy. And she says, they shot him. Rodney, they shot him. They killed my nephew. Oh, no. And I haven't gotten much from her since then. I sent my condolences condolences and, and prayers for her as well as the family. But all too often the image that others may have of us is perpetuated by us. And it's sort of, you know, it puts us in this unusual position of fighting against something that we're constantly contributing to. And then some people will say, well, why is it that when black people do something, it represents all of us, but that doesn't apply to everyone else? And I say, because black people are not in position of the power. Black people don't own the biggest Fortune 500 companies or the biggest company in the world. Uh, Tim Cook, a person who's come out as a homosexual, and his company, the largest company in the world, I believe the richest too, came out against a religious freedom law in, I believe it was the state of Indiana. Indiana, as well as Arkansas. And Walmart. Similar law in Arkansas as well. Came out against the one in Arkansas. And both of those laws have been modified. One that was signed was sent back for modification. One that was about to be signed, the signing got halted, and then it got modified. I believe it's been modified, and then Mm -hmm. now signed into law. That's power. That the people who represent their interests, that group, exercise their power to change something for the benefit of them. And then they use... It is discrimination which came from us. So what I'm suggesting is that within a couple of days, maybe a few, they changed the course of history. They changed the course of history. We have been dealing with this. You know, we can talk about the 47 years since Dr. King was assassinated, but this is something that's been going into going on in this country since we've been here. All the laws for black people that we're probably going to get to bring us legally in parity with white people are probably passed. So if all of the laws are passed, 
then that means there's something else that's going on. I mentioned on Franklin G on Franklin Burley show like it is radio on KCET Power eighty eight. And I said, Franklin, you use the phrase living small. Well, black people need to stop living small. We say we're poor and we need handouts. I said, but actually, black people technically are not poor as a group. With $1.2 trillion, we're not poor. I said, black people live off, and you can hear Brian Harris of the Las Vegas Black Book, he likes to say this a lot. Black people live off of 5% of what they earn. Now, for a group of people who live off of 5%, we're actually not doing terrible. But there's 95% that the rest of America is living off of that are doing quite well. So is it their fault that we're buying their product and not buying our own? Let's not look at fault. Let's look at reason and say, well, what can we do to help ourselves? If the mass media won't publicize it, all right, this is not maybe mass media, but this is our media, Angela and Rodney, and we're talking about it. Well, you I'm, looking, it? I'm looking forward to using April 4th at, from this day forward as an observation for to highlight families who are losing loved ones to violence because that's one of the many things that uh, MLK's death absolutely stands for. But, you know, at the root of it all, they still had to move forward as a family without Martin. And we should take some time out to, you know, sit with that. They are still just a family, and they 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 lost a key person to their family um, structure, and maybe we can take that loss and amplify that family's loss to help amplify the loss that a lot of families are experiencing experiencing across this country. We're still losing people to violence. Uh, Some might highlight that, yeah, we're losing a lot of folks to other folks that look like them um, taking their lives. Let's use this as an opportunity to, to draw attention to all of that, but most of all to, you know, acknowledge that families are losing loved ones, like your friend in New York who lost her her nephew this week. I will be observing the nephew that I lost to police violence, community violence, whose son is now a member of this community. He, He and his mom... And his little sister moved to Las Vegas last year, um, the, the end of last year. So now his son is a part of local community. So, you know, that I'm watching every day 
a family, get up and get on with the business of moving forward once your family has been impacted by violence. And and let's do, you know, let, let's let's push that. Let's push that this paradigm of violence. Let's push it to exactly what Angela said. But, but let's take it. Let's keep pushing it, and let's push it to minimize it. I didn't mm-hmm. say eliminate. So that should be the ultimate goal. But here is something that's definitely achievable: is minimizing the level of violence in our community towards ourselves. We control that because if we're doing it to ourselves, we made a decision somehow for that to happen. So here's mm-hmm. an opportunity for us to consciously make a decision. Take back that image. Take back us. that image the, again. The, the young man was absolutely right. Us for us to take back that image for us to put forth the image that represents us, but that truly represents us. Our president said, now is our moment, now is our time. Well, this is our moment, this is our time. Uh, You know, there's a young man in our community, a retiree from the police department, (coughs) named Byron um, uh, Springer, Byron Springer. And he has produced something called the Toe-Tag Monologue, Hmm. Toe-Tag Monologue. And he was featured on... Uh, the breakdown on uh, Power 88, 88.1 on your FM dial. And he had some of his young people actually present some of those toe-tag monologues. And you're talking about something that will stir you? But these uh, these monologues, though, often were about the violence and the things that we inflict on ourselves that we ourselves have control over then I'm saying let's control it. We have the power to do it. If we control it, then there's no justification for the extra policing. Because, you know, they say they're extra police because we're more violent. Well, we are, there is violence. We can debate on whether it's more and that it deserves the level of policing and brutality that comes along with it. But here's an opportunity, and Angela's right. Let's mark this day as a day we take it back in remembrance of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And as we talk about the remembrance, April 4th is the assassination anniversary of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And this April 4th, 2015, in Las Vegas, we're holding a candlelight vigil in recognition of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It is also an opportunity for us to kind of rejoice in the fact that the statue that is in our city, Las Vegas, one of 25, one of 25. In the country. That we are, that we're taking a, a, a moment to recognize the refurbishment of the statue, or the repair, at least, of our statue. And it was because of the community requesting that this statue repair be made and that it be made in an expeditious manner, which it was, thanks to the help of our commissioner and others. So if you have time today, 
and with your family, hopefully. Come out to the statue. It's going to be a, a fairly short event. We're going to listen to some speeches. We're going to have a few people talk, not too many, and we're going to light some candles, and we're going to be a, a people that came together as a community. And we're, in doing this, Angela has also said, well, Angela, you tell them what you said about the uh, committee. Well, what I said was we, I took the initiative to establish an opportunity for others to stand with me in putting together a committee. It doesn't have to be a huge committee. I'd love it to be a huge committee, but it doesn't have to be of members of the community that would like to help keep an eye on the statue and keep it, you know, the glistening jewel that it has been in the past. Let's reestablish that and keep it that way by um, replanting flowers, uh, reporting, repairs that need to be made, uh, maybe in the near future, even even uh, having the opportunity to do some of the repairs, uh, if we can, to keep the statue that we have, one of 25 in the country, that's been erected here in Las Vegas to honor um, one of the greatest Americans we've ever created. Um, I would personally love to see it restored to uh, being the fountain. You know, I would like to see it be restored to its original uh, status when when it was first um, unveiled to the community. It was a fountain uh, and a a beautiful... um, Monument in the middle of the historic um, west side of of Las Vegas. We have a lot of tourism power in Las Vegas. I just want to say this right now: we have a lot of tourism that comes to Las Vegas. We have we're one of the most powerful tourism systems on the glo- in the on the globe. Um, the city of Las Vegas is. Uh, whenever I travel, whenever you travel, and, you, and people ask where you're from, and, and and we say Las Vegas, everyone knows where we are. You can see our community from the moon, literally. Um, so it makes perfect sense that the MLK statue is added to the tourism sightseeing uh, list. It makes perfect sense that we make moves and take initiative to incorporate other African-American-themed, African-American-history-themed and community-themed events around that statue. I would love to see the water come back, and I would love to do everything I can to have MLK statues playing for at least 12 hours a day. I realize that, it, you know, the statue is a part of a community of some of our greatest citizens, uh, senior, senior center there. Uh, I don't want to disturb 
you know, their piece, but to have some of MLK's speeches playing for, you know, the daytime portion of the day, that would be awesome, I would think. And I I just want to make the the space greater, make it more of a community and family space, make it speak to the times to to the issues that are going on in 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 the, in the contemporary times. So, let's make this a community space, you guys. Let's bring our families there and picnic. Let's bring our uh, associates there. My sister was here this week. I showed her the statue just this week. Uh, we should all be doing that. Um, for those of, you know, those of us in the 25 cities lucky lucky enough to have a MLK statue, it shouldn't just be uh, the national monument of MLK in the uh, nation's capital. We have 25 others beyond, you know, besides that have been uh, standing before the uh, national monument, and that's a great statue. But we have 25 others that reside in communities throughout this nation. I am proposing to gather a body of individuals in this community, Las Vegas, to continue the uh, upkeep and well-being and um, fundraising. In the future, we'll be doing fundraising to, you know, get other African-American-themed things in that community, such as a community center, such as a... um, you know, some picnic tables maybe to encourage more folks to have their lunch there, spend a couple hours on Saturday there, read a book there, have some poetry, you know, uh, sets there. Let's use this public space. And for those of you who would like to know where the candlelight vigil is going to be today, it is located at the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. The actual physical address is 2428 North Martin Luther King Boulevard, North Las Vegas, Nevada. And again, that's the corner of MLK and Cherry Avenue. The event will be held today starting at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. It is located at the Dr. King statue, which is at the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cherry Avenue, and the actual physical address is 2428 North Martin Luther King Boulevard, North Las Vegas, Nevada. It is right where North Las Vegas meets Las Vegas. One side of the street is North Las Vegas, the other side is Las Vegas. I thought it was very apropos that it's where two cities meet, and it's also Mm -hmm. at the edge of West Las Vegas. So... It, it, there's a lot of symbolism. For our community, it. it could not be better positioned, absolutely. With all of the corridors of history uh, that this city makes up, it's, it's right in, as you say, in the meeting. The the, the area sort of, comp, you know, is a meeting um, where all of those themes are kind of coming together as one fabric. So hopefully you all can come out, and, and this is a community event. And when I say community event, it's grassroots. Uh, please feel free to come out and uh, help us put it together. 
It is not a Rodney event. It is not an Our Own Voices event. So we sponsor it and supply some of the horsepower, and Angela supplies the candles and lights, and uh, oftentimes she uh, has such a wonderful husband that he comes out and supports her as she's trying to support the the effort. I don't know if he'll be there today, but she made it a family event. So here's as we are in this season of family, as we're in this season of, of recognizing our kings, our fallen, and for some, our risen. And I would say that Dr. King will rise through us as we continue his work because it's work that still needs to be done. So once again today at 6 p.m., and we're trying not to keep you out there too long, we're going to have a remembrance event. On the anniversary, April 4, 1968, of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and it will be also time to celebrate the repair of our statue, which is only one of 25, and we're trying to pull up the data because what we're looking for is to find out, are there any other statues that are actually located on a Martin Luther King Boulevard? Franklin Burley of Like It Is Radio has informed me, maybe you all knew about it, I wasn't aware of it, that there is also a flower. It's a rose. It's a Coretta Scott King rose. And he would like to see those flowers planted. If we can't get the water turned back on or until we get the water turned back on, he would like to see the Coretta Scott King roses planted in place of the lantanas that are currently there to sort of bring both of these civil rights icons because Coretta Scott King, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s wife, was a civil rights advocate in her own right before marrying him. And there's always, in, in my experience, a good woman behind most good men. And there it was, Coretta Scott King. And that will add beauty to it. Uh, Sweet Lou Collins, uh, who helps take care of the Pearson Community, the Dr. William U. Pearson Community Center and the Senior Citizen uh, Center, which is on the same grounds as the statue and pavilion area, has suggested that maybe the senior citizens could make it a project to help maintain those flowers if they were planted and could possibly be a part of your and, and Angela, maybe you can check with them to see if they'd like to be a part of this uh, committee that you're forming to go out and maybe have lunch and, and see what repairs need to be called and to help the county uh, take care of the statue in a more expeditious manner. So I hope that you can join us. Our show is normally a 90-minute show or sometimes two hours. An abbreviated show today. I thank for Power 88 for having me on as a guest on Franklin Show, Like It Is Radio, Friday morning to talk about our upcoming event this evening and for spreading the word. Thanks to to all of you who listen to us today and have called to get information. I'll try to post something up on Facebook, but when I say community and grassroots, there's not too many roots. So feel free to become one and help us make it what it should be. And maybe this is something that should be annually. What do you think? Let us know. Go to Our Own Voices Live to leave us some comments and 
If you can come out and join us today, I would greatly appreciate it. Once again, it is the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s statue and pavilion area that's located at the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. The address is 2428 North Martin Luther King Boulevard, North Las Vegas, Nevada. I hope to see you out there. Uh, We'll be back next week with another edition of Our Own Voices Live. Big shout-out to the Speak Up Network, which Our Own Voices Live is a part of, with Thomas Berry with Rant Radio on Tuesday, with Brother Levon with Real Radio. He's taking a brief hiatus. Uh, That comes on normally on Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. And then, of course, the one and only Mrs. Angela Thomas with Needle on the record. Give them the information, Angela. That Thursdays at 6.30, um, same bad channel, same bad place. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to get out of here so we can get ready to make it to the event. But I want to leave you with a speech that I heard live, and many of you may not have heard it. And someone asked me, what was my recollection, since I was alive during that time, of what it was like when I heard about the assassination of Dr. King. And with so many others, I heard it on the news, and I heard it from this gentleman here. Angela, we'll talk on the flip side. We'll see you all at the statue or back here on the radio. And here's a speech that we're going to end the show with. It's only about, uh, it's less than three minutes. Bye-bye for now. Next, we'll hear about a wrenching event and a speech that helped give it meaning. Forty years ago today, a presidential campaign was underway, which is why the candidate, Robert F. Kennedy, was visiting Indianapolis. He was scheduled to speak in a black neighborhood on April 4, 1968, and he went ahead that volatile night, even though his police escort refused to follow. Just before he faced the crowd, he asked an aide, do they know about Martin Luther King? They didn't. I'm only going to talk to you just for a minute or so this evening, because I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis. And then Barbara Kennedy sort of calmed the whole crowd. Billy Bro was in that crowd that evening watching the brother of a slain president. And I remember, most importantly, him saying that he had had a member of his family killed by a white man. It's often pointed out that many cities burned after King was killed. There was no fire in Indianapolis, which heard the words of Robert F. Kennedy. A historian says a well-organized black community kept its calm, and it's hard to overlook the image of one single man standing on a flatbed truck who never looked down at the paper in his hand only at the faces in the crowd. My favorite poem, my favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own despair, against our will, comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence 
and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another and a feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or whether they be black. Spoken on the night of April 4th, 1968.